Do you have your Bibles tonight? The book of Mark, chapter number one. The book of Mark, chapter number one. How many of you have a red Bible tonight? How many of you have a red Bible? Red Bible. Mine's red too. I read it every day. It's red from every day. Amen. You may say, our pastor went colorblind. The book of Mark, chapter number one. I want to read, I believe, three verses in this wonderful chapter. And I want to preach just a little thought the Lord's laid on our heart for tonight. Mark chapter number one, I want to look in verse number 32. The scripture says, And at even, when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased and them that were possessed with devils. And all the city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many that were sick of divers' diseases, and cast out many devils, and suffered not the devils to speak, because they knew him. From these three verses, I believe the Lord wants us to think on this thought. Jesus, the cure for the diseased. I want to say tonight that Jesus is the cure for sure. <laughs> now we just spent a little time with Jesus, and if you look at the scripture here in the book of Mark, Looking back in verse number 21, they've on the Sabbath day entered into the synagogue. What do you do when you spend time with Jesus? He will call disciples. He will take them and he will clear away their doubts. When he gets in the synagogue, he starts counseling with his doctrine. Then while he's in the house of God, someone that had a demon inside him, an unclean spirit, began to cry out and interrupted his preaching. So Jesus, to show his authority, cast out or rebuked the unclean spirit and sent him on his way. So Jesus will cast out the demons. As soon as the service was over at the synagogue, he went back to Simon Peter's house along with Andrew, his brother. And when they came in, they found his mother-in-law sick with a fever. And we found out what Jesus would do. Jesus is the cure or the, Jesus cares for those that are in despair. He reaches down, lays his hand up on this woman and lifts her out of that fever and rebukes that fever and she gets up and starts ministering, serving everybody in the household. Hey, the day's not over yet. The Bible says in verse 34, at even, when the sun did set, now according to the Jews, when the sun sets, the day's over. But according to us old Gentiles here, the sun sets, it's still the daytime. And so the Lord now, when the sun is set, they bring him the people that are diseased. They bring him those that are possessed with devils. And the city, look, was gathered together at the door. What door? The door at Simon Peter's house. Now Simon Peter gets fuzzed up about everything. Can you imagine to have this crowd standing at his door? I mean, he's having to open mouth, insert foot. What is going on? Look at all these people. It is... Mm, it helped me, Jesus. It is noised that Jesus is in the house. And when it gets out that Jesus is in the house, they're gathering at the doors to get to Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus is the cure for sure. Amen. Now the Bible says, I want to read out of the Luke's gospel. Hold your place here. We'll be coming back. I want to read a parallel passage out of Luke chapter number four. Luke chapter number four. Look with me in verse number, oh, verse 40. Verse 40, parallel passage. Luke 4, verse 40. 
This is Luke, the beloved physician. This is his perspective led of the Holy Ghost. Now when the sun was setting, all they that had any sick with divers diseases brought them unto him. And he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. Luke mentions something Mark didn't say. Jesus laid his hands on every one of them. Thank God for the Lord Jesus Christ who cares for those that are in despair and is the cure for sure of those that have any amount of sickness. He lays his hand upon those that are unclean. He lays his hand upon those that are unworthy. He lays his hand upon those that are undeserving. Thank God for it. I could read parallel passages out of Matthew. I won't make you turn there. But trust me, I'll pull the book on you if you don't trust me on this. Matthew's gospel says that he spoke the word to them. Matthew said he spoke the word. Luke said he laid hands on them. Mark tells us that everybody got healed. Amen. I'm telling you, they had a great service just outside the door of Simon Peter's house. Now let's keep reading. The Bible says that he healed them and devils, verse 41, also came out of them crying and saying, Thou art the Christ, the Son of God, and he rebuking them, suffered them not to speak, for they knew that he was Christ. Isn't that amazing? Now, I guess I do want to read out of Matthew. Let's, let's read. I just, I, I just, you got to see it. Matthew chapter 8. You just got to see this. This is, this is too cool for school. You got to see it. Matthew chapter 8, verse 16. I'm sorry to make you turn again, but you just got to see it. I love the scriptures. Everybody's got a different perspective, and it's all agreeing, all the same. Matthew 8, verse 16. When the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word. Thank God for his word. And healed all that were sick. Watch this. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. It's as if he took the sickness or the fever and took it upon himself and defeated it. He's quoting Isaiah 53. Now let's be very careful here. Jesus was not made sick for us. Jesus was made sin for us. Why did sickness come? Why did disease come? Why have these issues come? Because of sin. Adam and Eve sinned and sickness and thorns and thistles were a curse, part of the curse that came upon us. And Jesus comes and takes the curse away. Jesus was not made sickness for us. Jesus was made sin for us that we might be saved. Isaiah 53. I, I just, it's just too good not to read it. Isaiah 53, you just got to see it. I'm going to preach in a minute. We're just laying a little foundation. Isaiah 53, verse 4. Now he's quoting from Isaiah. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him 
and with his stripes we are healed. He wasn't made sick for us. He was made sin for us. And because of Jesus, we are healed. Thank God for it. May I say there's more types of sickness than just physical sickness. The worst sick I've ever been was to be sin sick. I was held by sin's captive. On my way to hell, sickness of sin had a hold upon me and Jesus set me free. Two weeks ago, I think it was, I had to take Miss Gina down to the hospital to have an infusion for her multiple sclerosis. Um, I walked around there for a second and I thought, if the Lord was with me, and he is, but if he was physically standing here with me, he'd just heal her of this. She wouldn't get no infusion. He'd just say, I'll take it. Get up and walk away. Woo, you talk about making us happy. Well, that'd be a blessing to us because she's going to have this. they tell us the rest of her life. And he wouldn't just done it for her, but he'd have went to this room, and he'd have went to this room, and, and he'd have cleared that whole blessed hospital out and he'd have healed every single body there of whatever issue they had. And he's done that for us spiritually. And given us, not only has he healed us, but he gave us salvation. Now I noticed there at the hospital there was nurses running all over the place. There was doctors checking. This doctor, that doctor, doctor specialty, doctor law, doc, doctor, doctor, you know, with this you know, just going on and on and on. And I started looking. Did you know in the United States there are 5,000 hospitals? And U.S. News and World Report says that uh, we're going to rank them based on their 15 specialties. That number one, where do you think the number one hospital in America is? Preacher, I didn't come to hear you tell this. The number one hospital in America is the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. Number two, based on 15 specialties, number two is the Cleveland Clinic. Number three is UCLA Medical in Los Angeles. Number four is Johns Hopkins in Baltimore. Number five is Massachusetts General in Boston. Nowhere around here, number 20 was Vanderbilt. But today out of Mark chapter 1, Matthew chapter 8, and chapter 9 if I wanted to read it, and the book of Luke chapter 4, and all over the scripture... I want to talk about another hospital. A hospital for all those that are incurable. We'll call it the Mercy Hospital. And it's not on the roll call of the U.S. News and World Report. Yet every patient that has ever entered the hospital that I'm talking about has walked away miraculously made whole. Now every one of these hospitals received at least two, one or two points based on their specialty, but none of those 20 hospitals had a perfect score. Every one of them, even number one, had deficiencies. But the Mercy Hospital of Matthew 8, Mark 1, Luke 4, all over the scripture, has a perfect score. There's every case and every condition that could ever be treated is completely made whole and cured. And this hospital specializes in cases 
and condition that nobody else could ever treat. And when I looked, I noticed that at Hickory, how many doctors they had on staff, uh, at Duke, how many hospitals they had on staff, at Charlotte, at Carolina, at Vanderbilt, at the Mayo Clinic. But the hospital I'm talking about has one doctor on staff. And he's not just the general doctor, but he's the doctor of specialty. And I checked, I looked, he's the doctor on call. He, he's, he's the doctor online. He's the doctor for whatever it is, bless God, you need. He specializes in every field that there is and there's not one case, not one case that he cannot handle. He's the doctor known around the world to you and me especially as the great physician. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. I think then number one, here we go, number one. Who are the patients that are admitted there? Well, everybody here is incurable. They're dying and going to hell, man. There's no hope for them outside of Jesus Christ. Hear me. A doctor sounding brass and reverend tinkling cymbal cannot cure them and cannot get them past their condition. Who comes here? Well, the debilitated come here. They brought him one that laid sick of the palsy. And he was laying on a bed. And one guy picked up a corner. His other buddy picked up a corner. Another buddy picked up the third corner. And his fourth buddy picked up the fourth corner. And they brought him to the Mercy Hospital. And the Lord Jesus Christ took that man's palsy and made him whole and said, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the... Incredible happened. The things that are impossible with men are made possible with God. That man stood up on his little old couch made out of a bed and rolled it up and threw it over his shoulder and walked out waving his hand in praise to Jesus Christ. Because the Lord takes those of us that have paralysis spiritually and we cannot get to Jesus, but honey, he makes house calls and he makes us whole. Another group that goes there is the depraved. I think about Matthew, who was a tax collector, hated by his own countrymen. He would cheat his people and take their money and give it to Rome, who oppressed them. And the people considered Matthew lower than scum. He was despised, considered vile, corrupt, a traitor, lower than an unclean animal, lower than a pig. And yet Jesus saw him. And when he did, he said to him, follow me. And the depraved man that had no friends stood up, left behind the receipt of custom, and was made, listen, got saved, made whole, and began to follow Jesus immediately, thank God, on his way to heaven. I'm glad tonight that Jesus took my depraved case and saved my soul, forgave my sins, and I'm on my way to heaven. The dying are patients there. I think about Jairus who came to the Lord Jesus and said, Good master, my daughter's at home. She's laying there dying. I believe you can heal her. Jesus is able to heal those that are dying. Jairus believed it with all of his heart. Let me tell you who else goes to that hospital. 
the diseased. There was a woman with an issue of blood. She had had it 12 years. Now listen, you, what's the problem you have tonight? You might ought to examine the situation because maybe the Lord is just setting the devil up for a defeat. And maybe this whole thing you're experiencing right now is a setup for your good. What you think is going to cause you harm is really a setup for your good. I mean, this woman comes with an issue of blood 12 years and the Bible says she touched the hem of his garment and she was immediately made whole. Now, how old was Jairus' daughter? 12. How old was this? How, how many years had this lady had this issue? 12. Jesus said, somebody touched me. The disciple said, what do you mean somebody touched you? Master, the multitude's trying to throng you. Everybody's trying to touch you, and you're asking who touched me. He said, well, somebody touched me because virtue, healing virtue, faith touched me, and faith has made them whole. And he turned around and looked, and that woman, when she saw she could not be hid, can you just see her? Down there, touched the hem of his garment. May I, glory to God, thank you, Jesus. Down there in Hickory Hospital, I didn't see one patient trying to crawl on the floor to touch the hem of their doctor. I didn't get that on my knee. said, oh, doctor, doctor, come back, doctor. I didn't try to touch the hem. But let me tell you something. When the great physician passes by, they'll touch the hem of him, and he'll make them whole. She confessed it all, and this is what he said. He said, daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. She's immediately healed of her condition. Do you hear what he called her? What he called her? Daughter. What's Jairus got? Daughter. I, I've got one too. Her name is Shelby. She's the only person in the world I call daughter. You know why? It's a family name. And he just said to that woman, welcome to the family. He's saying to Jairus, you got a daughter? Oh, yeah. I'm 12 years old? Oh, yeah. I can do all things about the time a runner comes. He says, Jairus, your daughter's dead. Trouble not the master any further. It's over now, too late. Jairus gives up. And now, can you just imagine, here's Jairus. He's come to Jesus. Says, come on, Jesus, come on, Jesus. And Jesus got stopped. And Jairus waits. And now, word comes to Jairus that the daughter's dead. And Jesus said, she's not dead, but she's just sleeping. And now, Jairus, you take me. Now Jairus says, let's go to your, who's leading who in your situation? Is it you trying to say, Lord, come here, Lord, come here, Lord, come here, Lord, come here. I want to tell you what to do, Lord. Why don't you let him show you what to do? Why don't you let him start leading your prayer life? Why don't you step, let him start leading your time together, praying and seeking his face and studying the word. When he went to Jairus' house, he said, Talitha Kumai, made I say unto thee, arise, and she that was dead set up and was made whole and began to minister to him. I believe she testified. I believe she witnessed. You know who comes to this hospital? The debilitated, the depraved, the dying, the diseased. What about the destitute? Two men that were completely blind. The Lord Jesus Christ passed by. They cried out. He laid his hands on them and healed them and gave them sight. I was blind one day, but by his grace, now I see. What about the demonized? Here are people that have been possessed by demons and the Lord cast them out. And it may very well be tonight that, well, Preacher Darren, I'm not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not possessed by demons. I've been saved. 
but yet that demon tries to oppress you. He tries to influence your life. He tries to impact your faith. He tries to get you to give up and give in. And the Lord can defeat the demons who try to oppress you and try to cause you to get upset and worry all the time. I'm just saying tonight that there are patients that are admitted to that hospital. And I just want to say praise God. We'll take time out and say this. Praise God. The best thing that I ever did was get myself admitted as a patient in the Mercy Hospital. Number two. I've only got three. Number two, there's a, the physician that is available. I got on a website at the hospital there. Uh, in, in time, I was looking up, I just Googled America's Top Doctors. It brought me to www.castleconnolly.com. It listed more than 4,000 specialists that are ranked by their specialty or their subspecialty. And they're chosen after a rigorous review conducted by a physician-led research team. And guess what? I looked all up and down that list of 4,000 names, and I never saw the physician in Matthew 8, Mark 1, and Luke 4, or all through the Scripture, I never saw his name there. But I'm going to tell you this, the reason he's not with them is because he's in the class all by himself. There's no doctor just like him. I'm 56, but I can still run. There's no doctor just like him, honey. He's the best that there is. The Lord Jesus Christ. May I say, Castle Connolly said if you want to, they'll send you a book. You can get a catalog of all their specialists and all their subspecialties. I thought about ordering it just to check it a little closer, but I thought, why would I want that book when I've got the book? And my book only references one great physician. And it is the word of God pointing us to the Lord Jesus Christ. I promise you, if you'll go to him, you don't need another doctor. I want to say two things here about the physician that's available. I want to say, first of all, he will take any patient. Verse 32 of Mark 1 says, At even, when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased and them that were possessed with devils. Woo! All come to Jesus one way or another, willing, and when they're willing and want Jesus, whosoever will, let him come, and you will not leave disappointed. Now come here, I want to tell you something. Will you listen? There's a lady by the name of Elizabeth Blackwell. How many of y'all know who she is? She is the first woman doctor in America. You're preaching women's rights. In 1851, she started her practice in New York. And when she began to practice, nobody came to see her. Do you know why? She was a woman in 1851. And no hospital would allow a woman doctor on their staff. She hung a sign outside this little clinic that she opened. This is what she said. Anyone who comes in will be treated for free. She's going to treat patients for free and week after week passed and nobody, absolutely nobody showed up. But finally there was another woman who was in such tremendous pain that she didn't care who treated her. Let me just take time out to say this. When you get bad enough, you don't care who it is and who it ain't that helps you. She didn't care who helped her. She was in such pain, she, 
just knocked on the door and when the doctor opened the door, the woman staggered in and collapsed in her arms. She treated the woman. And when the woman recovered, she told all her friends about this wonderful new woman doctor that cares so compassionately for people in New York. And it wasn't long before her clinic was up and doing very well. May I say this? My wife has MS. And I love people. People always come to me and say, Preacher Darren, you need to go see Dr. So-and-so. And you need, this is the, you need to go do this. You need to try this. You take this medicine. You need to, I get it all the time. And then Luke used to have, he still has stomach migraines. You need to go see this doctor. You need to go see this doctor. And then I, I had COVID about a year and a half ago. And you need to go see this. And you need to do that. And I appreciate all that. But honey, let, let me recommend a doctor for you. Because I know what's been ailing you. And I, will you hear me? Now this doctor, he, he's on the right-hand side of his father. He's in a place called glory. And I want to reference, I want to just tell you tonight that I'm just going to introduce you to my friend named Jesus. And you just take your case to him. Honey, there's not been a case that he ever charged anybody for and there's never been a condition he couldn't cure. Can I get a witness? He's well able tonight, amen. Well, we find the Lord Jesus Christ doing all these things. Look at verse 28 of this chapter. When word got out about what Jesus was doing, immediately his fame spread abroad throughout all the region round about Galilee. And people are coming left and right. They're gathered at the door. Now, now I was watching. When we went into the hospital at Hickory, we checked in, we got our masks on, we checked in, and we went and sat in the waiting room. You know how you do. You move from one waiting room to another waiting room to another waiting room, and then they finally put you in a room where you wait again. Say amen. Just one big wait. And so we've gone past our wait number one, and we're in wait number two, and they call our name, and I think, well, here we go. Well, I knew better. Do you have insurance? Well, what if we don't? Well, you're out. Can't give you this medication. What do we, 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 well, Pritchard, they have to not give you, they won't give you that medication. They might give you something, but they won't give you the best if you don't have insurance. I, I, I will tell you a secret. Shh, I want to tell you about Jesus. Be quiet. Y'all be a little quiet. Jesus doesn't take insurance either. He gives assurance. <laughs> hey, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Nowadays, think about it. How many patients have come to him and he never turned one away? John 6, 37. Him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what your problem may be. Jesus will never turn you away. I'll say a second thing. Not only will he take any patient, he'll treat any problem. There are kind of problems that doctors, there are many kinds of problems that doctors have to treat. Sometimes they can work and cure the problem, but oftentimes they can't. And when you look at the problems that Jesus worked on, you're going to see him doing things that no other doctor could do. He healed blindness, leprosy, palsy, withered hands, fevers, lameness, paralysis, deafness, I need an amen right here. Deadness. 
I've never met another doctor. So you think about it. Any other doctor, when somebody dies, they pull the sheet up over them, and that's it. <laughs> Not Jesus. When he's four days late, he's still on time. <laughs> hey, man, this, I, what are you doing? I'm just waiting on my ride, amen. Now, listen, I think about Jesus and the medication. They, they came in, and they gave Gina all this stuff and this to prep this and this for the, this for the veins and this for her stomach and this. And I was just listening to all this, and this got a side effect. Did you know your medication has side effects? Some of y'all act like you're shocked. The medication you take has side effects. And I, I hate to tell you, but the medication that Jesus gives you, it's got a side effect. Joy. Peace that passes all understanding. Contentment. A clean heart. A pure conscience. Eternal life. <laughs> Just to name a few. I think I can handle those side effects. Thirdly, and I'm done. I see the problems that are addressed, the debilitated, the depraved, the diseased, the dead, the destitute, the demonized. In every condition, in every condition, they were all beyond human ability. They were all beyond human assistance. And what man could not do. Will you hear me tonight? What man cannot do, Jesus can do. I had a young man text me today. I preached Sunday morning on right now. And I've had a couple of different texts about this very thing. And said, Preacher Darren, you encouraged me because God told you to do something right now. And that day you did it. And Sunday you was trying to act on things again. You was trying to do it right now. We all sense that. And, 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 and God put something on me. And, and I feel like the Lord said, you do it right now. And when I did, three different things, three different things in these men's lives, God's already done, took care of. He did it right now. There's not anything he cannot do. Nothing. Amen. Now. I want to conclude. There's a book. It's called Good Morning Doctor. Interesting read. It's an autobiography of Dr. William Roth, written in 1938. And chapter 34 is an excellent, excellent chapter title. It says, The Great Physician. And I went right to that, I went right to that chapter in Dr. Roth's book about the great physician. I'm closing. He's talking about visiting one of his patients. It was an elderly lady that was bedfast. He had to go see her every day to administer hypodermics to make sure she could rest in the evening. She was dying. He would always go by on his way home before resting for the day. One evening, he walked in to see her, and she said, Dr. Roth, I need you to sit down. He was astonished, and he did. I'm going to get tore up. She laid her thin, pale arm on his arm, her hand on his arm, and says, Dr. Roth, I have a very special message for you. You've been so good to me. Dr. Roth, you've been so very good. And I want you to know, sir, how I've appreciated it. In the three weeks that I've progressed so much worse while I've been lying here, I think of you and I pray for you often. And at times when you come here, you've stayed to try to cheer me even though I knew you were too tired or did not give the have the time to give. Some nights I noticed you were so tired you could hardly move. But yet, you came to help me, to give me medicine so I could rest. You've done everything for me, Dr. Roth, you could do. 
You've done everything that any human doctor could do. She hesitated and she spoke softly and said, but I'm afraid that only my great physician, Jesus Christ, can really help me now. So Dr. Roth, don't feel bad when I go. I may go home tonight. And if I do, Dr. Roth, I want you to know that I'll be happy. And Dr. Roth, I want you to be happy too. I want to do for you what needs to be done. You need to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord. And if you'll humble yourself and call upon him, you too will meet me in glory. Without another word, without another word, they parted. The next morning, Dr. Roth, on his way to the hospital, was called to her home. Dr. Roth, this is what he wrote. He says, I, as I entered into her home, where she had just passed on to glory, this came to my mind. Will you hear me? Tread softly, doctor, as you enter now. Someone has been here greater than thou. When I come in the house of God tonight, there's school supplies and Kentucky supplies and all people that we need to greet and shake hands with, and I love all that. But I'm telling you, when I got on this property and I walked in that back door, immediately when I put my foot down, I thought, tread softly, doctor, as you enter now, someone here has been, someone has been here greater than thou. Honey, there's one tonight that's gathered where, where two or three are gathered in his name that's greater than any one of us, greater than our problems, greater than our issues. He's already here with us tonight, amen. I want to say tonight there's a physician that's greater than all other physicians. There is one physician that's able to do what no other physician can do. He can do what your friends, what your family, and any other doctor cannot do. He is the great physician. And I'm telling you tonight, you do not have one problem in your life. There's not one single solitary problem in your life that my Jesus cannot handle for you tonight. Preacher, where can I find him? At the Mercy Hospital. And it'll come to you. <laughs> Woo. I'm telling you, church, is there anybody say, Preacher Darren, I already belong to him. But I need to talk to him about a need. I've got a family member. I've got a sickness. I've got a frailty. I need strength. I've got weakness. Maybe I'm asking you right now. If you had sickness, you'd run down here to this hospital, hopefully, and get yourself admitted there. We was just talking about one of our church members got admitted today to a hospital. Going to have to have some stuff tomorrow because of sickness. Boy, I'm telling you, why don't you tonight make yourself a patient of the Lord Jesus Christ? You'll stand here. Seth, I want you to come. I feel like there's somebody here. You need to come. There's a need. There's a burden. You've got a mama. You've got a daddy. You've got a friend. You've got a cousin. Somebody's got a need. Somebody's got a weakness. Somebody's got an issue. Won't you right now just come say, Lord, I'm, I'm praying. I'm interceding for them. God, would you go visit them? Would you knock on their door, God? Would you give them healing? God, would you touch them? Folks are moving tonight. They're believing Jesus. God, would you make that house call tonight? Would you make that house call tonight, God? Would you touch them, Lord? I believe you will. I believe you will. And even when the sun did set, 
They come and met him at the door. He is the door. Amen. Father, the best thing I ever did do was bow before you and ask you to forgive my sins and you and your word defeated the devil and sin in my life and you forgave me, laid your hand upon me, took my sins, carried them up Calvary's hill, gave your life, shed your blood to wash my sins away, to make my soul to be made whole. And tonight, Lord, I can say, it is well with my soul because of Jesus. Lord, then I ask your blessing then. God, upon this church and upon this people, God, would you lay your hand upon them, God? Would you speak your word? Would you rebuke the devil? God, would you give us victory in times of COVID? Would you give us victory and triumph in times of socioeconomic change and uncertainty in the world in which we live? Help us, God, to be a good patient of the great physician of Mercy Hospital. And God, you'd do for Bethel. You'd do for these, God, that come to you. You'd do what no one else could ever do. Give us life when they say there can be no life. Give us joy when they say there can be no joy. Give us peace when they say we can't have peace. Give us healing. Give us strength, God. Give us grace, Lord. I know Paul prayed, Lord, take away this thorn in the flesh three times. But you said, my grace is sufficient. God, give us your grace, Lord, I pray. It'll be more than get the job done, I pray. Touch these, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah.